I took an art history class. I didn't go one time the entire semester. And then the night before, had like a massive panic attack, realizing I needed to learn about like 400 years of art. <laughs> this was the only graded assignment was the final. And I, I remember just absolutely panicking. I took a 30 milligram Adderall for the first time. I'd never taken an Adderall. And just like entered another portal, dude. <laughs> and just crammed as best as I could. Uh -huh. went, went through the wildest emotional roller coaster I've ever gone on. Somehow ended up sleeping on my friend's couch. Not sleeping, staring at the wall with my eyes open. Went in and took the exam without sleeping. Ended up getting a C plus on the final. C Unbelievable. C plus in the class. Wow. Uh, tale what of the a triumph victory. of the human spirit. Welcome back to Oops the Podcast. All right, lots to unpack here. I got something for you. Please. Julio, Julio, I don't know where you came up with that idea. Dude, this guy was a huge turkey. What is this, Japan? Which is yeah. one of the reasons why I hadn't told you about it. No, and I also just assumed you were saving it for the pod if you were going to tell me. Yeah, yeah. Which, of course you were. Oh, but. yeah. We're back. Oops, the podcast. I'm Francis Ellis. He is Julio Gallarati. Holding his hand high in the air triumphantly. We are in the dog days of summer. We're letting her rip. Yep. We're crushing it. That's it. We hope you guys are crushing it. It's the time to crush it. Oh, Across is it? America and beyond. I believe it is the time to crush this, it. This is the time of year where I really envy teachers. Yeah, but dude, I feel like most teachers I know have summer hustles. I guess that's true. So like... What do they do? Summer school, fucking whatever. <laughs> that would be hell. If you're a teacher... My dad does summer school. Also. All summer? Uh, I don't know specifically, but like he's typically picking up like extra classes and stuff just because it's like a solid, I think, addition. To Does his... he grade more leniently in the summer? Um, it was kind of an open secret at school that, that people, really? if you wanted a really easy couple of credits, a lot of athletes would lighten their load. Like they'd go down to, you know, three classes in one semester or something. I don't know what they would do. I think uh, my, my dad considers himself a fair grader yeah. to begin with. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so I, I think that, I don't know if it if he's easier in the summer or not. Gotcha. I don't, I don't think he's super tough. Yeah, there were, some, there were some flat A's to be found in summer school um, at Harvard, and that was so hard to do during the year, mm. during, like, the regular curriculum the or regular whatever. season? <laughs> yeah. Man, I only have, I only had, I've told you this. I only got one flat A. You only got one A the whole time you were in school? That was the highest, it was a four, an A is a four O. There's no way, there's no A pluses. I, I, I know, dude. Well, I didn't that's know. It. I didn't know if you knew. That's I, a thing. That's like a very standard. Is it? I don't I believe so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't saying that to like, no, I know. Four point is an A. So like, there's nothing like. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I got one. Out of the, I don't know, I guess I took four classes. I took eight classes a year. Uh, so I took 32 classes, only one A. What was the class? Um, It was a seminar, a literature seminar on Robert Louis Stevenson, taught by Matthew Kaiser, who was like this rock star professor. What was his whole thing? Robert Louis Stevenson? No, I know him, but the professor. Kaiser was a, this young, gay, English professor. Uh, department literature department uh rock star professor he was flamboyant brilliant he taught a very big popular english class called lit and sex which kind of read almost like pornographic novels mm -hmm. 
but that had been written over the last hundred years. Um, and then he also taught crime and horror and Victorian literature, which I took, which was a lot of like, uh, I mean, I think we read uh, Jekyll and Hyde in that, as well as mm-hmm. some other kind of horror books. Was um, he a guy who you like? You tried to take multiple classes with because it was a fun. Yeah, yeah, and he would teach one seminar and one lecture class each semester. So the lecture classes would be highly, highly, uh, people would, a lot of kids would take those. I think he was like the highest enrolled professor in the English department. Oh, wow. So like his lecture classes would have 400. Well, no, it was just, I don't think there was a limit, but there'd be like 400 kids in those classes. But then his seminars would be capped at like 12 kids. Mm -hmm. And I lotteried into one of those and got to take it. And it was so amazing because that's where you had like, it was just you and 12, 11 other kids and one of the top professors at Harvard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got a flat A in that class. And I was thinking back recently on the achievements of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, the things that I, that I thought I was most proud of in my life that one grade in that one class meant more to me looking back on my life than graduating from from the university that's awesome man uh what year did you did you accomplish junior year my junior year was my best academic year for sure Mm. i had a bunch of a minuses yeah and then too many b pluses a lot of b pluses a lot of B, b pluses were that was the ice cream cone. That was like a soft serve swirled ice cream cone. <laughs> Do you remember your final GPA? Yeah. What was it? I think if I had a 3.37. It's pretty good. It's fine. Yeah, if, I'm sure that when you're like applying to law school, that makes your life slightly more difficult. Yeah, it didn't help. Yeah. Do you need like to get to like the top ones, even from Harvard, you probably, what do you need? Like a 3.5? Uh, dude, at least. Really? At least. Uh, I think you need a lot more like a three, seven or higher. Really? Even yeah. coming from Harvard? I don't think they give a fuck that you went to Harvard is what I learned. I thought that having a three, three from Harvard might mean more than, you know, a three, five or something from some other school. And I, it, I'm, it has to. It doesn't. But maybe, okay. Maybe a three, five from Harvard though means more than a three, seven. Else. Uh, could be. I think what I learned is that everybody that's applying to these top law schools, has a, a four, you know, three point nine four GPA anyway, right? Regardless of where they went, right? So they can pick. Well, you need to if you didn't go somewhere really good, or you don't have a shot. Yeah, but they also, they also, they also, all the kids that were applying to Harvard Law School, Stanford Law, Yale, they all had three point nine four GPAs from Harvard, right? Yale, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, undergrad, you need to have that if you if you're not coming from one of those places, you literally absolutely need it to even have. Correct. A breath. So those schools, those law schools, those graduate schools can determine their entire incoming class from a pool of students who have achieved summa cum laude Mm -hmm. degrees. Mm -hmm. And therefore, there was, I mean, as I've said to you before, I suspect the admissions committee at the law schools I applied to legitimately held up my application and laughed together. I doubt that, dude. That's I, that's a funny image. I think that <laughs> yes, I think they I think they would they laminated it and put it on the wall like a folded two dollar bill at some <laughs> diner, as if to say this was our 
our our our dumbest lowest idiot that we've had <laughs> they they uh sort of pat their dribbling yeah <laughs> genitalia i, I, as I they... genuinely wonder how much time <laughs> they spent actually considering me i i think about it like was i an instant write-off or did they bother to read the personal statement you're probably in a pile i'm in a pile you're in a pile yeah you probably you know you maybe didn't make it too far but you probably made it past the like red light green light game did you watch straight uh of course squid games? squid games you made it past red light green light i might have done i might have done you know it <laughs> it crushed me it crushed me that to not I, get into where you want not to. only to not get in but to be rejected on a piecemeal basis if you had like been, you get it you get the rejection letters from each of the schools there yeah. wasn't like a hey bad news friend the top 15 you. have rejected yeah, you. Yeah, I know. It's but, like every day a letter would come telling me I sucked. <laughs> so if you had gotten in somewhere better, do you think there'd be a much higher likelihood that you would have stuck with it? Uh-huh. Were you, was morale just low that you kind of had to go where you got in and type of thing? Yeah, man, I've said it many times. I think the world failed me towards my happiness. So, yeah, and, and, and you know, at the end of the day, too, if you had really excelled, it doesn't matter if you go to, you went to a pretty good law school still, like if you had excelled, you would have been able to get all the jobs still, you know? That's true. And also if I had killed it in my first year at Fordham, I might've tried to transfer to a Columbia a or something mm-hmm. like that or an NYU. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how I'm by no means an expert on this, but to the lawyer, the law people I've talked to say that once you're in law school, what dictate, it's like very clear what you're, the probability you have of getting which job just depending on where you rank at which school. If you're top, top of the class anywhere, you're like cooking. I just agreed. I agreed. I do think that um, if you're, it's it's sort of like an inverse to what we were just talking about where you got to be in the top 2% at mm-hmm. say a Brooklyn law school, which is a fine law school right. in order to get that same starting right. position at, Ogilvy and Mather, you know, Davis, Polk and Wardwell, some of these super white collar uh, law firms in New York. Whereas maybe if you're in the top third of the class at Columbia, you can go to any one of those places. Got it. I don't know. I don't know the answer. I've heard. Yeah. But I think some degree of that is accurate. Um, Yeah. I don't, I did not have, I wasn't a great student in college. I turned it around, but it was too late. Like I ended, I ended up doing well the last, you know, three or four semesters, but uh, and I had to like, I had like a couple credits to catch up on and I, I loaded it and I still, I like really had a solid last few semesters, but those first couple semesters were just like, did you find no, it? There was no hope. Did you find it hard or uninteresting? <laughs> Both. Um, I didn't. Yeah. Sort of like taking the kind of required whatever. It was really hard to get the into core, that shit. the core yeah, curriculum, the core stuff? curriculum stuff, man, that shit. That shit killed me. Killed me. It was terrible. I also just like wasn't equipped with the skills to like pace my work. I was used to kind of just doing it the night before. And like in college, the workload was just too significant and substantial do to do to yeah. do it that way. Um, so I kind of learned that pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, well, I found that the single thing that really helped improve my grades more than anything else was learning which classes to choose. Right, right. But but just just from the standpoint of like want, trying to get good grades, 
Uh, yeah. And, and also, I chose classes that wouldn't allow me to skip lectures as much. Interesting. Which meant that I had smaller classes where the teachers would notice if you weren't uh-huh, there. Uh-huh. And therefore, you had to go. Mm-hmm. And by going, you learned more, which made you more prepared for the exams right. and the papers right. and, and forced you to do the homework. It was just a, 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 I used, I started out thinking, okay, I want to choose the easiest classes. And I asked some of the upperclassmen on the lacrosse team, like, what are some of the easier classes? And they pointed me towards stuff that they had taken years past, which was stuff that I had no interest in. I remember I took, uh, fuck, it was like a Greek, Greek literature class or something, Greek heroes. So did, this, so did the maneuver not work? Yeah, because it was, so, it was so dumb and so boring that, and the class was huge, mm-hmm. so you didn't have to go to lecture, yeah. and therefore you didn't go, which meant that basically when it came time to came time to study for the exam, you were basically starting from scratch, the beginning right. of the whole year. Right. Yeah, I took a friend. I took French one, like second semester sophomore year, first semester junior year, just for the sake of like, because I had already taken like three levels of it. And somehow it's the, it, that didn't like trans, like I could do it still yeah. I, to just try to get an A and not realizing cl- class was like four days a week. And like, oh. and I ended up getting like a B minus. It was those, like the stupidest maneuver I've ever those done. Those intro classes where the college tries to catch you up on stuff you should have learned in high school were, yeah. were killers. Kill I took you. math XA. <laughs> okay. Math XA was the, that was the most beginner math course. <laughs> it was basically calculus in one semester, but taught at basically the AP calculus level, even though I had taken AP calculus, but I didn't really understand it in high school. Mm-hmm. So I took Math XA thinking it would be easy since I'd already learned it, and it was four days a week, and it was impossible, and it was the worst grade I got at Harvard. <laughs> How would you get? A, fl- a flat C. Nice. Dude. The only non-B grade that I got. Well done. And it stands out on my transcript like a goddamn positive herpes test a boy the nice boil I'm ashamed of it dude um the i i successfully stopped taking math for the rest of my life after junior year of high school pre-calculus part one wow I that's never, early i never took a math class again that's early to to, to cut the cord to numbers it. no more math for me <laughs> uh <laughs> how did you manage to do that <laughs> so i specifically found like a track in college that didn't require you to take math or a language. Yeah, but you mentioned the core curriculum. Wasn't that intended to provide a more, to require a more balanced education, which would re- yes. ob- ob- obligate you towards taking some quantitative reasoning courses? No requirement. None? Zero. You didn't have a QR requirement? Nope. So what was, <laughs> what was your major? Something stupid, like co- communication <laughs> studies. Okay. I and I had like a minor track that like wasn't official because I didn't want to take the requirements. Uh-huh. Uh but like I always Hillary thinks it's funny that I tell people that I identify with my minor. What was your minor? I don't answer the question. I say I identify with my minor. I didn't even have a minor. I didn't minor. But I say <laughs> I identify with my It's like the biggest load of what shit. What was the what was the track? It was like an international were... relations. Okay. And yeah. I, I took a bunch of grad courses. It was like super fun. Really enjoyed them. But um, I get that though. I I minored in English in literature and you know i would say that that has contributed more to my career than certainly my major well i thought that was your major my major was politics was government oh really with a focus on the middle east Mm. and then my minor was english interesting but the english was the I, i focused on that towards the back half of college so it was sort of more recent 
Mm-hmm. And it was also at a time when I was already a better student, understood how to take the classes, and had started to enjoy the education. Mm-hmm. So all my best grades came in English. Yeah. And now, you know, being a writer and like a someone who speaks for a living and corrects people's grammar all the time, <laughs> uh, that has definitely proven to, mm-hmm. to lend itself yeah, more. Fuck, um, I had a thought. I don't remember, but it's okay. Um, dude, yeah, you love to see it. You know, <laughs> contribute. Ryan, what did you study in college? Marketing. So I was in the school of business. Nice. And then I didn't get to do a minor because my first year of school, I was in the school of communications. So once I transferred to the school of business, all of those classes became my electives. So I didn't get to do any electives in college. Mm. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, anchor, anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. Yeah, I just like didn't, I didn't like think about education as a what I want. I thought about, I tried to think about it practically, which didn't make sense. So it's like, oh, the communication school is really good at your school. You should do that. Okay. Didn't even know what that meant. Didn't know what that was. Didn't know what jobs could come out of it. I just was a boy amongst transitioning men. I didn't know shit, dude. And I was a boy. I wasn't ready. I really, I, it makes me really believe in the sort of gap year system that they like have and abroad, like in the UK, like you take a year gap, off. Gap year? Yeah. How did you say it? Gapia. Oh. There's like some funny viral sketch about Gapia. Oh my Gapia. Okay. Whatever. Right. So yeah. I believe in that because to your point, like by the end of college is when I started to kind of like get interested in learning. And before that, it was just like trying to figure out how not to fail classes. Mm-hmm. Like I remember I didn't, I think, I'm, I don't know if I've talked about this, but I took an art history class. I didn't go one time the entire semester. And then the night before had like a massive panic attack realizing I needed to learn about like 400 years of art (laughs) (laughs) and there was there wasn't a single this was the only graded assignment was the final i hadn't gone i hadn't gone to class 100 percent of my grade was based on the final had you done any there was no homework zero (laughs) something happened where they like decided to make them to get rid of the midterm in the middle of the semester Mm -hmm. and just have the final and I, i remember just absolutely panicking i took a 30 milligram adderall for the first time i'd never taken an adderall took a 30 milligram Adderall and just like entered another portal, dude. <laughs> and just crammed as best as I could. Went, uh-huh. went through the wildest emotional roller coaster I've ever gone on. Somehow ended up sleeping on my friend's couch, not sleeping, staring at the wall with my eyes open after fighting with my girlfriend, like on part of the come down. It was like an extended release. <laughs> went in and took the exam without sleeping and then was up till like 3 p.m. after that, like having not slept. Ended up getting a C plus on the finals. Unbelievable. C plus in the class. Wow. Uh, tale what of the a triumph victory. of the human spirit. But that dude, it turned huge, my life around. Huge victory. And I discovered Adderall there too, by the way. And I was like, oh wow, this is, we need this. You lived six lifetimes. <laughs> we need this. Over the course of 30 milligrams. 
Uh, uh, yeah. Wow, what a what an what a what does that say about that that professor of that course that in one night you managed to achieve a C plus mastery? Dude, it says something about Adderall, bro, and my brain more than the course. <laughs> yeah. It was not easy. It was not an easy final. It was like dates, time period, style, medium. You had to know like nine facts about every single thing. Yeah. And it was just like the most intimidating fucking crazy attempt. Was it like, was it multiple choice? No. It's all open-ended? Yeah. But no, it wasn't like open-ended. It wasn't like essay. Like you had to like answer questions but like in the blue book still so you'd be you'd have like a through e and you'd have to answer each thing for each fucking thing it was crazy those blue books man even the sight of one of those now gives me some shivers down my spine yeah it's not great it just it just makes your hand hurt yeah your hand tighten up from holding the pencil and writing furiously for two and a half hours dude terrible i'm glad that part of my life's over but stick yeah. with it kids out there you know stick with it kids it was definitely it's a it's a one of the most positive experiences of my life even though i barely learned anything <laughs> but like for yeah. for for other reasons you know what i mean it, it sort of if you come from a place where you don't have access to different kinds of people from different walks of life it's hard to sort of like see the possibilities for yourself as far as like who you want to be or right. who you really are even so, so it's a nice it's a nice uh, eye opening experience, and it really uh, allowed me to sort of figure my shit out. So what I learned about BU is that there is a major pocket of Persian wealth there. Yeah, that's accurate. What is that? How did that happen? Why so, did it start? Why are I, they at BU? I don't know, but like it's there's like a big Persian like Jewish population. Oh, and they're from like the places where those enclaves sort of exist like constantinople no like la and like oh. and like long island <laughs> and new york city i was way off with constantinople <laughs> um and i don't know why bu specifically to be honest um but uh yeah there is a big and i, I used to hang out with a lot of those kids actually i actually bumped into one of them on the street today hmm. this guy uh john jonathan shemesh nice kid cool uh how's he doing he's doing good dude he's got a couple kids he's he's crushing it uh was he wearing a white uh linen shirt and a gold chain no but he would he would definitely be wearing a white linen shirt i don't know about the gold chain is that something they wear i don't know i'm not totally sure but yeah i used to hang out with a lot of those kids uh they're pretty cool but it is true that is true you know those um shirts that sometimes people from the i know persia is not i know iran is not the part of they're not arab right different ethnicity but that people from the arab world wear the shirts that kind of come to their knees mm-hmm. i like those oh, those are cool i like those a lot i'd like for you to but i'm not allowed them. to wear it because of cultural appropriation that's i don't think that's true if i went there they, maybe i could wear no, it they don't nobody gives it no one's gonna give you hard the, dude the, like middle eastern people are chill bro like no one's gonna fucking act like you're doing cultural appropriation have you ever seen um people from the middle east dancing yeah it's awesome it's, it looks like a good we, time. we walked by just here in dumbo we were walking um and down the street and there was i don't know if they these guys had just uh come from a wedding or they were like on their way to a wedding but it was a big group of arab guys and they had the music they had opened all the doors of their car which were 
it had, clearly it had a really good sound system. And so they were flooding the street with their with with this Arab music. It was sort of like an Arab techno. And they were dancing together. And boy, did it look fun. You love a good group activity like that. I mean, they were so uh, unconcerned with how others were perceiving them. They were dressed in wedding attire. Uh, they were having the time of their lives. And they were taking turns going into this little circle and doing a kind of hop, hoppa. Yeah, not, not, I don't think it's hoppa. I think that's... There they go, la, 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 la. Um, no, not quite. None of that. But it was just, man, it was really good. And I wanted to join, but I thought, boy, they won't, they won't have me. Well, it would have been weird for you to join for some an occasion like that, perhaps. What if I'd been wearing one of those shirts, those long shirts? It's sort of a little bit like the skateboarding shirts you find in Los Angeles. Yeah. Nike SB. <laughs> Is that right? Uh, Am I doing that right? I think that's a, that's a brand. That's a brand. Cool. Um, yeah, the, uh, it's just weird to enter a, a occasion where everybody is sort of familiar if you're not invited to the I party. see what you mean by that. That's sort of, so I, I think see. they would be right to not accept you. Or they would think, look at this guy who is like us, fearless. <laughs> Here's a new friend who is a not, he's not mocking our culture. He's trying to, uh, immerse himself in it. Let's invite him to the wedding. No? Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Probably not. You're right. No, maybe, I agree. No, like, that was ridiculous. In the moment, you could certainly work. Mm. You know, people are drinking and I stuff. gotta be, I gotta just stay, stay in my lane. Dude, love me a plover robe. Oh, God, they're so good. <laughs> they're so comfortable. They're so fun. They're playful. It's the perfect thing to throw on if you don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah. You want everyone to know, hey, guys, you know what? It's time for fun. Yeah. Okay, it's fun o'clock, and we're here. <laughs> so here we go. I'm leading the charge. I got the sick robe on. I'm feeling good. I got the uh, the one with the jellyfish and the uh, psychedelic, psychedelic, the jellyfish. They're funny, and the mushrooms, the boomers. <laughs> um, the hot llama is a classic. A lot of really good styles. The claw daddy cacked me outside. Mm-hmm. Um, Have yeah. you seen on the Instagram account that the guy, the Ben, our buddy, who started the company? He's like in the cliffs right now of Italy. Oh my god! I sorry. think he's in Italy and he just like walks up to the cliff wearing his robe, sheds it, and then <laughs> dives. Oh my god! Into the water. He dove. He dives full, like Jesus. a full dive, twenty, thirty foot dive. Jesus, that's nuts. Very, dude. I'll tell you, when I jumped from that high of on the famous sort of like white rocks of Milos, that are probably something like that height wise, even going feet first. Like if you move your arm the wrong way, oh, like yeah. you get caught. So I can diving. You have to be good at diving. Oh, it's way. not fun. <laughs> not, not fun. Yeah, I yeah. know that you're a big leaper. I like to cliffs. leap off things. Yeah. Uh, the Narcity Blues is my favorite one. I got that one at home right now. Go to pulverrobes.com/oops. Use promo code oops. You'll get twenty percent off of your order. Yep. Uh, pulverrobes.com/oops. Promo code oops. Also check out their music videos. They're hilarious. This might brand. be, by the way, the perfect uh, pregame outfit for International Guys Day. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> Starting the spark right now. I if like you want to be part of International Guys Day, consider getting yourself a plover rope. I like where your head's at. Yeah. Go check them out, dude. I <laughs> I saw a movie uh, the other day and I didn't know it existed, and I really enjoyed it. What's that? Uh, it's called Thunderstruck. You ever seen it? Is that about something, some magical phenomenon happens with Kevin involving Kevin Durant? Oh, <laughs> and 
he switches places with a kid or yes, something? Yes, essentially. Is that right? Yeah. Is it Lil Romeo? No. Uh, it's some guy who I don't know. Can you look him up, Brian? His name's something Lombardo. I remember seeing the name. Uh, you... I'm thinking of Juana Man. <laughs> Lil Romeo is in Juana Man? I think so. Uh, so anyway, this this is about, um, it's you know you could probably guess what it's about. The kid wishes he had Kevin Durant's talent. He's a loser at his high school. Everyone makes fun of him. And he's, then he becomes the best player in the league, but at the expense of Kevin Durant, who then becomes terrible. And remains in the league. So they just swap talent levels? Yes, basically. So Kevin Durant is just absolutely terrible in like a laughable way. And just like, it's funny. It shows like Shaq and Charles Barkley shitting on him. Uh, and it's like, it, it has all the terrible things that like a children's movie has. Like, like, uh, but they, but it's clever the way that they set it up. Like you could tell Kevin Durant's people were like, all right, like, because ex- if, if Kevin Durant never accepts the theory that this kid has taken his talent, his agent is the one who suspects it in the movie. Because if they were to make Kevin Durant this suspicious, now he's chasing down this kid. That doesn't make Kevin Durant look very good, you know? Yeah, him running after a kid. <laughs> yeah. So, so like the the agent convinces Kevin Durant to like come hang around the school. And then they eventually convince him because the kid shows Kevin Durant that he can specifically do all his moves and stuff. Plus, they make the kid turn super arrogant. Once he starts dropping like 50 points a game, he becomes kind of a dick. So you want him to lose the talent. Uh huh. So it's, it's clever the way that they did it. But dude, I, I, I Kevin Durant, fantastic acting performance. Come on. Was he really? Fantastic. <laughs> He's so dry. He's so you, cool. you know You know how dry he is? Yeah. He's um, awesome, dude. He's got a media presence. In that he responds to a lot of trolls on Twitter. I think he's got, famously, he's got these burner accounts that he uses to <laughs> that's awesome. defend himself in his own comments. Oh, that's great. So he'll tweet something and then people will start hating on him he's or like whatever. He's like a comedian, dude. And then he attacks back at those people. <laughs> yeah. Um, but dude, it's just so, it's like such a, I can't believe I didn't know that the movie existed. I'm sure it has like, a terrible rating or something. Can you check it's Rotten Tomatoes or whatever? Cool. Um, but dude, if you like Space Jam and you want to get a chuckle out of a movie, I mean, you'll like it ironically for sure, but there are redeeming well, things about I it. I would have watched it until you spoiled until the entirety Until I told you the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Um, like, dude, so the father in the movie stands up at one point and he goes, like, let's go, son. And I was thinking about how nobody really does that anymore. Nobody says, let's go. Good job, son. Really? People, people yelling out, son. But I could see Francis one day doing that. Oh. <laughs> let's go, son. That's my son. That's, that's my boy. That's my boy. That was the next scene. Yeah. That's my boy right there. That's my boy. Let's go, turtle. Come on, turtle. <laughs> Dude, you know what I'm looking forward to is I'll be sitting on the sideline of a soccer game or something and. Uh, I'll be with Sierra and, and, and then this couple to our right or someone to our right is, to, is next to us. And, uh, we, we turn to them and say, and they're cheering. We're both cheering for the same team. And we say, which one's yours? And <laughs> and they'll say, Oh, number 14. They'll say, Oh, nice. And then they say, how about yours? And we'll say, you know, number eight or whatever. And, and then, then they'll go, Oh, because number eight is like two and a half feet taller 
<laughs> has you know a whole harem of college scouts with clipboards even though he's only a sixth grader he's got hairy feet he's a mustache yeah he's just like juice to the gills he's already lifting what he's like spike from little giants <laughs> our kid and they'll go oh your kid's really good we'll say oh we just we just support him we're just we let him do you know he loves it we're not pushing him because we're not even we don't want them to think that the reason he's so determined is because of is you. because of us in fact maybe we're not even maybe we're not even really watching the game <laughs> maybe we're kind of walking the dog around the outfield <laughs> i could see you being very involved like no. pulling the coach aside and and no way no I, way i see you potentially getting very into come on no way jose cuervo no way not me it. you got the wrong guy look look and you try to be cool about it. you'll be like look the problem is <laughs> the problem is that you typically get these coaches at the youth level who are just totally unaware of how to run the game <laughs> what you get parents who just signed up mm -hmm. and are i'm going to be too busy with my career to coach the team full time right are you just going to help out so i'm going to come and then i'm going to be furious that some doofus who you know signed up because he had the time is now ruining the game and our team is 500 when we realistically have the talent to be like nine and four. But what happened to not caring? Well, it's hard <laughs> when it's your kid. That's what I'm saying. I, th I but, see you being very involved. But I will have chosen. I will have chosen to be supportive and not over-involved. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, but supportive of, the, of your son. Yes, who should be playing more because clearly <laughs> both my son and daughter are the best player on the field. And yet he's been sitting out, you know, the whole quarter to let the other kid play. You know, some some because the coach is just an idiot and wants everyone to have a good time. But everyone knows that you can still have a good time and win the game. That's proper management is getting everyone in the game, right? And then when the score gets close, you put your good players back in again and you create a lead. And then in the you schedule a couple of uh pillow fight games against, you know, the 7th Day Adventist school or <laughs> whatever it is, uh so that you can play the scrubs the whole game. Mm -hmm. And if the parents are complaining, why why isn't my kid playing against, you know, against the good team? It's it's like, well, we we have games for your kid. Don't worry, he's going to get so much burn. He's going to need new sneakers after. Well, I mean, dude, your kid though, this you know, your six five, two thirty, twelve year old is likely going to be in some like traveling serious program where they actually care about winning. Yeah, but I if know he signs up for the you know Rays Pizza Falcons and he's playing third base. Like I think on that team, everybody should play the same. No, team. no, it's the school team. Where he's playing the same amount. They don't have a school team yet, though, until I guess maybe, I don't know. In sixth grade, seventh grade, they do. In our town. Really? Yeah. They have a school team? The town where we've settled, where we've put down roots. Is that a thing in general? Uh-huh. Seventh grade? You didn't have a school team in seventh middle grade? Middle school, yes, but not elementary. Well, so where's the cutoff for you there? Oh, interesting. Okay, so middle school for us started in seventh grade. Fifth. Yeah, we didn't we didn't have a sixth grade team, but we did have a seventh grade team, right. seventh and eighth. Yeah, that makes sense. And so we that's you know that's where the the coach is going to be the fucking math teacher, 
Right, right. Who, you know, needs the $2,000 that the school is paying him to coach, but doesn't care and is applying weird statistics concepts because he thinks he watched, you know, Moneyball enough times. Yeah, I cringe a bit thinking back about some of our coaches who were like, took it really seriously. We're like, but I guess, you know, I guess at the high school level, it is fairly, it can be fairly high school, serious. High school, you can get good coaches. Middle school. No, I'm saying like the coaches were still like the teachers a lot of the time though. In high school? Yeah. And some of them were like, they, but they just thought that they were like fucking, you know, Roy Williams or whatever. Like Exactly. And it was annoying. It's like, you're not. Dude. It is annoying. You're we had, we had a, we were blessed. We had a savant lacrosse coach. He was good. Well, that was part of the reason why I transferred high schools. Because um, I wanted to play. I needed to play for this guy. And because I played for this guy, he molded me uh, into a player who could then go play in college. Yeah, our tennis coach was really good because he had me on the team. <laughs> Not even joking. It's pretty sick. Yeah, it was. Uh, my brother was also really fucking good, too. So, like, for for like seven years, they, it was like a super dominant program. Wow. Yeah. That's good. Did you guys win any state championships? Uh, Like, it didn't really work that way. I got to the state finals individuals and i lost in a three-setter against a kid who i'd never won a set against and i won the first set kind of ran out of gas how old were you senior and how Um, old was that kid a senior as well and we both uh it was the only so i'd been i got one match away from making the all-state team in junior year and i missed it so senior year i felt like a lot of pressure i was really stressed out about it but but yeah but we won the conference every year um and i won the conference title a couple years and uh yeah we were pretty solid but you know high school tennis isn't super competitive did you get all state or you did Mm -hmm. first team Mm -hmm. damn bro did that kid go on to play in college he did yeah he played for like a smaller program but like the for some for tennis it's weird because like some like lesser programs can have really good individuals so sure so it's kind of like a lot about depth and and you know, a team could have a really nasty kid and be a bad team still. Mm. So, like that guy was a solid player, but I don't, I don't know that he cared that much about tennis. He was just like a pretty good athlete. Ah, uh, he's a good, he's it. a cool dude too, actually. Oh, you keep up with him? No, but he was. He, I remember him just being like a super cool, cool dude. That's nice. Uh, yeah. And then one of the guys, the guy who I lost to the year before, I'm actually very good friends with. So this guy Gustavo. Wow. Uh, we used to, and we used to teach together in college randomly. That's cool. Yeah, that's pretty, cool. Pretty sweet. Dude, you were looking really good in that Rule of Threads tech jacket. Well, you know, <laughs> I am feeling pretty technical. Techie these days. I'm ready to go to a tech conference in Silicon Valley and walk off with a billion dollars in my pockets of my beautiful tech jacket from Rule of Threads. So while it's more of a sort of, I would say, late fall into winter it's pretty jacket, uh, they sent us ours and they are sick. Yeah, they're awesome. Um, but at Rule of Threads, you have everything you need for every season. It's just clean, simple, premium menswear basics. The best menswear, the best apparel, uh, a slew of different t-shirts, every style you could ever hope for, including polos. They are uh, versatile and mm-hmm. they are comfortable. I love the sort of fleshier toned t-shirt and Henley, uh, the one you're right now, wearing right, right now. If you're tan, you can pull it off. It's harder for me. It looks like I'm shirtless. And where's my navel? Don't have one. <laughs> nor nipples oh wait he's wearing a shirt wouldn't have known but if you're a tan person you can pull it off it looks awesome <laughs> they make long sleeve henleys too short sleeve henleys classic hems they, they they're a great company and whatever you buy from them will fit you exactly the same no matter how many times you buy the same t-shirt you never have to worry 
Rule of Threads has got you covered. Right now, go to ruleofthreads.com. Use promo code OOPS for 15% off of your order. Again, ruleofthreads.com. Use promo code OOPS for 15% off right now. Man, I back to my son. <laughs> we need uh, We need him to play a lot in school because the chicks are coming to those games. That's where it will bolster his social standing. Well, in school, for a school team, it's com- it's competitive for real. So agreed. I, I the do. Girls agree. aren't coming to watch him play Ray's Famous Pizza. They're, they're, no, but Ray's Famous Pizza. I was referring to like Little League. But but you, dude, absolutely. In in a school, it's competitive now. It's like the real thing. So yeah, you, you have know, to play your best players. You, you might have. You have to try to win. Those. You might have the Halloween dance the night after my son Turtle scores four goals against the rival private school across the tracks we're putting them in public but if they don't start um keeping up with the uh reading program at the private school (laughs) we'll probably switch him but for now that's where he is and he nets four goals including the game winner they win four three against soccer or lacrosse yeah soccer in the fall because it's halloween yes yes and then the next that's friday that's the that's the thursday night game okay thursday afternoon after school game and then on Friday, he's got the Halloween dance. Mm. And because of how fresh it is in all the chicks' minds that he was just out there, you know, scoring towering headers because he's twice as tall as everyone. We started him on the, the HGH pretty early. Um, now all the chicks are coming up and slow dancing with him. Mm. They're slow dancing with him now. And he is kind and and willing what is he being for halloween is he being top top gun or whatever tom cruise and top gun too that's a good question this is probably uh 20 like 32 is he being will byers no it's not 2032 it's like it's like 2038 oh so he could be, be yeah who knows who he'll be being. 2022 20, yeah it's probably 2038 he'll yeah. be being brawny yeah, that that's not bad. Bronny James, Bronny and he's wearing James. a throwback jersey because yeah. his career's over. <laughs> that's a scary thought. No more Garcia Para and Mia Hamm's daughter, <laughs> who's just finished her third World Cup. Is that true? I have no idea. I don't oh, know. I, I think they have saying. twins. I'm saying I, I don't think even that know. They might, those kids will be old by then. You're probably right. Um. Dude, I remember those middle school dances. They were really high stakes. I, I actually don't. I need to ask her if she remembers this. I don't talk to her much, but I wanted to ask this girl Kirby Grass to dance with Kirby me. Kirby Grass? For all of middle school. And Even I, the name just I, gets me going. I may or may not have finally asked her on the last day, you, on the last dance, but I don't. I may not have. I may have never asked you her to got, dance. You got... Got the the courage? I don't know that I did. I actually don't remember. Way I like to think about it. I may. I I think maybe. I think I maybe. Me knowing you as well as I think I do. First team all state tennis. (laughs) Yeah, you're not passing. No, no. This is before. But I mean, even then though. But this this was like seventh and eighth grade though. And then she went to a private school for high school. So she was gone. Classic. The yeah, but this was all middle school, and I don't think that I ever ended up. I, I actually I don't remember, but. She was the she was my sort of golden goose. Your golden goose she probably wore golden goose sneakers too. She, Going to private school, she did. Rich bitch. She may currently be wearing them. Yeah, those ratty dumb sneakers that are six hundred dollars. 
Yeah, they like they 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 beat them up to make them more expensive. Yeah, they're not that. I don't. They're, they're not I hate that cool. Those. I don't like I hate either. those sneakers. Um, Stupid. You know those sneakers, Golden Goose? No, they're silly. They got stars. They're dumb. Um, dude, we have a good email that I think we, oh, can, that's we good. can get into. I'm here. starting to get a little insulting here. Um, yeah, we'll cool you off here, and we'll. Yeah, I'm getting all mad about Kirby Grass. <laughs> what kind of name is that? Is her dad a fucking landscaper? Dude, let's or remember, she didn't do anything to me, dude. Well, you I, know, <laughs> we don't need to. I appreciate she left. That. Too good public school. She left to go to a better school. Yeah, and then what happened? She's Oxies. she's she's done well. I think she's done quite <laughs> fell well down the that. rabbit hole of prescription drugs, which happens at pub, at private schools in in rural Connecticut. You know, they start them young. It's a slippery slope. Kirby Grass went to Kirby Pill Popper. <laughs> Should have stuck with the grass. She did not. not I, I, I think made, she's... Would have been just a gate, not a gateway drug, but pleasant pastime. <laughs> Keep, continue. You're the one who used continue. her real name. I wouldn't have known anything about this, Lassie. Um, <laughs> Kirby Grassy. Uh, that's good. Okay. Um, okay. Summer's upon us, Francis. It's here. We're in it, in uh, the thick of it. What's the best short for summer? Uh, is there even a goddamn question? It's the bird dog <laughs> shorts, baby. Built in underwear liner. I never get tired of it. You know why? Makes some, underwear obsolete. Yeah, something about throwing it on just makes me feel like, oh, there's less for me to do to get into my day. <laughs> I don't need to put underpants on and shorts. It's just a one one size, one one short to rule them all. <laughs> Throw those on and I'm done. I'm ready to go. One short to rule them all. You're ready to go. If you find yourself at a party where there's a pool there and you weren't expecting it, you're at Soho House on a Tuesday. Oh, like, they have a pool there. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. If you're wearing your bird dogs, guess what? All you got to do is take off the rest of your clothes besides your bird dogs and jump in the pool. Yeah, but if you're trying to go to Soho House, don't hold your breath. Literally, do not hold your breath at the pool. <laughs> they don't allow breath holding contests. <laughs> By the way, one, one, one other quick literally. I know we're in the middle of an ad here, but this is funny. Hmm. I had a good one the other night. Uh, I, was, I was playing the hand game with Kojai mm-hmm. where I like push his face around and he sort of gnaws at my hand like mm-hmm. it's an enemy. Good game. And uh, I said, hey, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Literally. <laughs> very good. Because I feed him with my good. hands. That is very good. Yeah, there you go. That works. Excellent. Um, guys, Bird Dogs. We love him. Birddogs.com. Promo code banana. Banana. <laughs> And you're going to get a dad hat. Dad hat. We think. Keep that sun off your brow. Keep yourself away from those poisonous rays. Uh, It's a pretty swaggy hat, too. It is a good hat. Yeah. Birddogs.com. Promo code banana. Literally. This is called a German work problem. Okay. (laughs) Dear Oops the P, this has a bit of urgency, so I hope you find it worthy of the pod and able to be addressed soon, please. Mm. Uh, Greetings from Hamburg, Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you. Thanks for all that you do. The bi-weekly episodes give me regular doses of my years in NYC, like I'm having a Negronski with the guys. Ah, Donkishin. Or dodging or embracing strange interactions on the subway. Moreover, your self-awareness and introspection make me a more mature boyfriend, considerate friend, and thoughtful citizen. Ah, Vedasan. A Vedasan. Yep. Very nice. Uh, truly, thank you for the laughs and wisdom. For almost two years, I've worked at a tech startup bankrolled as a corporate venture of a bigger company. Mm. And I recently accepted a job offer for a new industry in a new location. I just submitted my resignation and have a three-month notice period. As part of my compensation package for my current position, the company pays for a flight home once per year up to 1,500 euros. I haven't used my flight for this year yet, 
and I have a wedding in August to travel home for, but am I a major turkey for asking to use this perk while I'm already heading out the door? Part of me feels like this is a benefit that I am entitled to and should use and not have any hesitations in asking to use it. On the other hand, the CEO is a bit crushed by my departure on a personal and professional note as we had the classic startup friends yet colleagues vibe across the company, so I feel guilty asking. What would you do? Okay. It's pretty good. That is good. It's a good question. Uh, and, and the first thing I have to ask is he said they have a three-month notice period. It appears that that's the arrangement. You yeah. let them know you're quitting and you have to continue working for three months? Is that for real? I, I don't know if that... It sounds as if that's just like the arrangement. I don't think that like he begrudgingly is working. No, I know that's crazy, dude. That's so much time. Okay. So if that is the case, then I think there's no problem whatsoever utilizing your company perk because three months' time is so much time to be required to continue working. You're still a full blown employee. Right. Okay, if that's the case, right? Right. Now, that's sort of a, a side door answer. In theory, totally. But I, I do also understand, and I don't know that I understand this well, because for me, like, I don't I don't have any, quote, business dealings for the most part that don't involve some level of, like, human interaction. There's no, like, HR protocol standing in between me having, being personally involved with most of the people I work with. Mm-hmm. So I understand it's like I'm quitting but I'm still going to expense this thing when my CEO who we're, I'm friends with who's crushed that I'm leaving sees it. And like, I get the idea that that would be awkward. Now, I don't know if that's the right way to feel. Uh, and maybe if I worked in this world, I would understand it better. Do you hear what I'm saying? I do. I do. I, I, I really get know. it's, you know, look, it's pretty simple. It's business, not personal. Right. Yeah. I don't care unless you are a co-founder. And all that, you know, I assume this guy's leaving for a better job, right? He yeah. made the decision already. It's a corporate venture of a bigger company too. So it's like being funded. Yeah. You're, you know, you're leaving and you're not going to be the last person to leave um, yeah. and, and make this founder feel bummed out that people are leaving his company. Yeah. And you could argue that that's a little unprofessional too. It's like you found a better opportunity. Like. He doesn't own you, and while you're friends, your colleagues, you can remain friends still. Yes, albeit not colleagues any longer. You can take the 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 friend out of the colleague. You can take the colleague out of the friend, but not the friend out of the colleague. Something like that. No, uh, you get what I'm saying. This is a good. This was a good question, though. Yeah, um, it's professional etiquette. Um, I, as far as using the flight, yeah, I think that's it's it's perfectly allowable. You know. Yeah, That's I, one of the perks of the company. You've worked there long enough. You deserve it. Right. And is the CEO even looking at that stuff? Like, don't you guys have somebody else doing that? I don't, it's unclear how small the operation is. But sounds like, like they are because the CEO, it sounds like the CEO thinks they're better friends than they actually are. <laughs> well, but I'm He's probably keeping a very close eye on what that guy's doing. It's yeah. I, I don't know, man. Like it seems part of my compensation package, the company, but yeah, I don't, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure, but I, I do agree with Francis. I think that you can still take the flight. Um, you know, like it's part of the thing. Yeah. In the same way that if you had uh, a week left, you gave your two weeks notice and you had, you know, <laughs> 10 vacation days to use. People often ask, well, should I just use these for the remaining two weeks? Is that frowned upon? And it's like, well, are you really going to work hard 
for those last two weeks after giving your two weeks notice? Does anybody? Probably not many. No, most people not just most. mail it in. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. I don't know. By the way, I just accidentally tickled Ryan's toes oh. as I was reaching out for my water bottle. I wonder what bottle. happened there. Some scandalous. It just seemed like very up Ryan's alley of comedy. Yeah, he likes that kind so of stuff. Accidentally tickling someone's toes. Gotta be careful with Ryan. <laughs> you tickle him once, you know. Um, he'll, he'll he'll make a lot of assumptions. But dude, there are certain things in the corporate world that are kind of like they're stated as one thing, but there's a reality as to what redemption looks like. Like companies where you have unlimited vacation time it, it actually makes you take less vacation mm-hmm. you know uh, agreed because you know you have your responsibilities and yeah you can take vacation as much as you want assuming that you can like execute your duties still and sometimes your duties require you to be present right um right i don't know so yeah t- i i think it took us it took us a lot of sort of examining the different things but we think you can take the flight yeah go ahead take that flight this is funny. He goes, P.S. I look forward to submitting a formal application to be part of the organizing committee for International Guys Day. Ah, good. <laughs> we need a German ambassador. He goes, while I'm not tall, I make up for my vertical deficiencies with gumption and thickness. Oh, <laughs> a little a gumster. He sounds <laughs> a gumster. He sounds like a potential good candidate. Yeah, he sounds like a, a stump. He sounds like a good time. He sounds like a human thumb. Um, <laughs> okay. I love that. Yeah. Uh, very good, very good email there. Uh, uh, Deutsches Bier, das Bestes. <laughs> um, dude, you said you told me the other day that you've been drinking a lot. Yeah. So what? What? Gets? Um, I've, I've, <laughs> I don't know, man. I just don't care. Yeah. Something about it in the summer where I'm not, I'm not worried. Right. I'm like, it doesn't bother me that all of a sudden I look back and I've had, you know, seven days in a row of boozing. Yeah, yeah. It just the booze is everywhere. It's around. People are outside. Let's go get drinks. Let's have a beer. It's beautiful out. You know, a nice cold cocker spaniel. <laughs> Start drinking earlier in the day because it's kind of daytime yeah. all the time. So there's no point in waiting for the evening. Mm-hmm. If it's light until 839, nobody wants to wait until it's dark to have a drink. Right, right. Very true. You know? Um, yeah, there's just so much, you know, it doesn't, it, it's amazing what you're describing because it really is a thing. Like, you can just drink sort of in a way that somehow you don't always feel comfortable doing it. Yeah. Times. I, I think Tuesdays become Wednesdays and Wednesdays become Thursdays. <laughs> right. And then the weekend, there's not even a thought that you're going to take one night off. Right, right. No, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's sort of like every time I'm about to do something reckless, I'm like, oh, I'll be fine. Yeah. And I am. You're fine. And the other thing too is like a lot of my kind of ailments and injuries go away during the summer because of like my body is lubricated by the humidity. Lubed up. So my like my body doesn't hurt uh, and I just feel good in general and I have no problems kind of yeah. letting her rip a little bit. Splish, Di- dial splash, it up. Kirby grass. Splish, splash, Kirby grass, jump back in the bath. Yeah. Ooh. Had a couple of drinks. <laughs> yeah. Here we go, dude. I love that. What's, um, you know, what are, I, 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 dude, today I got a gigantic shipment from HelloFresh. You did? Man, I've been waiting for mine. <laughs> I check, I check off that I want it to be for four people, even though I'm only cooking for two. <laughs> nice. So that there's more food. And it also challenges me a bit more, um, uh, because I'm now cooking 
with larger amounts of food. And HelloFresh, honestly, dude, for me, it's been a great way to learn how to cook. Yes. Because part of the difficulty of cooking is like having a feel for how much to use of different things and like collecting the ingredients, knowing where to find them. Mm -hmm. If you're a total noob, I don't know where to find coriander. Is it Uh, in the woods? Is it in the garden? (laughs) Exactly. Who can say? So HelloFresh literally gives you every single thing. Hans, who we now talk about a lot on the podcast, laughed at me the other day for saying that a brew does not have cream in it. Uh, I then told him to piss off, but we had a nice chuckle as we do. Good. Being the old pals that we are. Classic Hans. Uh, Classic Hans. But HelloFresh, man, it's amazing. They now have 30 different dinner recipes to choose from every single week. That's the most most choices of any meal kit. HelloFresh delivers fresh quality produce from the farm to your door in less than a week uh, so that you can savor summer flavors right from home. They do a nice job with the seasonal menu. We really love it. Uh, go to HelloFresh.com slash oops16, the number one six, and use code oops16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's so many meals. Go to HelloFresh.com slash oops16, use code oops16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. It's good stuff, man. It's just simply good stuff. I also find, by the way, there's this strange phenomenon that I experience in the summer where I'll drink a lot, but I won't eat very much. That's interesting. I just skip meals because I'm I'm drinking. So how's are you even going to fit into your summer suit? You're almost like, the Christian Bale of comedy. No, I've, as far as body I've lost. I'm. I am. It's gonna hang on. You're amazing already. You've lost weight. Oh God, yeah. Can you not tell? Uh, I. You're. You're like less pumped up, but you don't. Yeah. But you look the same. My face is. I'm. I, it goes down in the face too. I can't really tell as much. Everything gets a little deflated. I'm gonna be just a little. I'm. I'm a. I'm a smaller boy. Now. How much weight have you lost? I don't know. Ten pounds. No. Less than that. Yeah. Seven, five? Probably probably like five pounds. But it's it's all you know, it's 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 more mass than that. It I feel like. Mm-hmm. But dude, I mean, you know, think about this, right? Mm-hmm. You go out to the beach for the weekend, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you wake up in the morning hungover. You know, everyone's getting their stuff together to get to the beach. You know, you get grab your sandals. Who's got sunscreen? Spike ball net. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we getting a keg or we should just do cases of beer? Okay, right. How? Where are you? Maybe you go to the beer store on the way to the beach with your pals, right? Okay. And at best, you're like, God, I need to eat something. So you pick up a a, a Luna bar mm. from the yeah, cashier. Luna bars are great, dude. You get a Luna bar from the, the cashier. Lemon one. Mm. You know what I really like are those perfect bars, the peanut butter perfect bars. Are those the like no nothing but the ingredients on them? Uh, no, that's some something else. Oh, like zone perfect? No, they're called perfect bars. They you you you'll see them. They're good. Right. Let's yeah, I love these perfect bars. You gotta I've keep them refrigerated. I've, I've, I've maybe had one once or twice. They are good. They're good. Yeah. Well, so you know, you eat a bar for breakfast, and then you're on the beach and you start drinking, right? Mm-hmm. Drinky poo, cocky poo. Dizzy bat, someone pours a drink down your gullet, you're a pelican, you know, whatever, right? Next thing you know, three o'clock, four o'clock, you haven't had lunch. You've really not had breakfast. I don't do well on those kind of days. You're swimming, you're drinking, uh, you go home, you're fucked up. Maybe you go take a nap. You wake up, it's dinner time. You know, you sneak a little chicken finger off the table of the girls that you're saying hi to your friends 
Does anyone want some fries? A couple of fries. <laughs> That's dinner. That's dinner. Right, right. You know, you're yeah. not you're not grabbing a handful of salad. I fi- I like figure out a way to eat in these situations, but I hear you. And yeah. the, the reason is I don't do the day drinking situation on the beach well, dude. Nor do I. If the sun is hitting me and I'm drinking, like it's a recipe for disaster it's for me. Lovely I just to feel like shit. Get a cold beer out of the cooler and have it be hot within three minutes. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. I'm not a he, but this this is does happen. No, and totally. some version of this. You could be on a boat. You could be absolutely you know, just places you, around water. You're not eating that much. Yeah. You're not wearing a shirt. You don't really want to eat, mm-hmm. etc. Uh, you, you go out at night. You just kick it back into gear, shots, yeah, you know, a couple of vodka sodas, splash of pineapple juice or something ridiculous, mm-hmm. right? Next thing you know, bars are shutting down. Late night, you go grab a, a, a whole pie, bring it back to the house. Everyone grabs a slice. You got one slice. You've had a ton of liquid calories, but you haven't had a whole lot of food. food yeah, And that's your day. You had a power bar you had two chicken fingers and four french fries <laughs> and you had a slice of pizza that's yeah. your summer saturday meal yeah for the whole day and then you wake up on sunday you're dehydrated you get to the beach again and that's when your body looks really good mm-hmm. and you think oh i like this i, I don't <laughs> i don't want to eat more than this you know what i'm saying yeah no i, I understand it conceptually has that <laughs> i would i'd never be in this situation <laughs> i can't handle like a full weekend of like wake up and drink i i just cannot do it i can drink on consecutive days but not like i wake up hungover and start again i like don't operate that way unfortunately what do you do in the morning hungover uh, i won't go to the thing i won't go to the beach how do you get your life back together what's julio's fit the pieces back together you know, kind of gentle resuscitation in the morning type routine. It depends what we've, it depends what we've been doing. You know what I mean? If it's like uh if we just had like a big night, then I don't know, just chill. Just like chill, just hang around, not going, maybe, maybe go to lunch, but then like going home, I'm like, Ooh, I need to chill again. And are you just like chill? Are you having drinks at lunch? No. Really? Yeah. I don't do hair of the dog. It doesn't really work. Man. For me. Yeah, I've, we gotta get we gotta kick you into gear, pal, I know, dude. Yeah, I, I it's time to start drinking. My stamina, I don't have the like drink all day stamina. It's fun. I like I can enjoy drinking during the day, of course, but I don't have that. Like, it's gonna be a big weekend. Get up, we're gonna start drinking. I like don't do that. Wow. Okay. It's, you know, I just can't handle it, bro. I can't hack it. Well, sometimes, by the way, I don't go into the weekend, you know, beating the drum. I know. I know. I it just. I'm not criticizing me. you. It just yeah, yeah. catches up to me. You fi- all of a sudden you just find yourself in a mosh pit. Yeah, you're good about the Sunday turn up too. Like if if I were to do the Sunday turn up when I'm expecting to like have to do things on Monday, as you would say, I would just be shattered. Mm. I'd be doing Monday what I should have been doing Sunday. Right. And you, Tuesday's my best day of the week, by the way. Yep. Tuesday's my big day. Juju Tuesdays. Tuesday, I am honed in, in the zone, feeling positive space in the brain to to think and push my objectives forward monday is completely hopeless and sad what do you have this summer that you have to think about um do you have some big things no i don't know if i call them big things but i mean i have like you know some road stuff i'm working on these videos 
Yeah. Uh, we'll get it. We'll talk a little bit about that in the next episode. But uh, yeah, I'm going to do this one. Uh, I have to start editing this stuff soon. Uh-huh. Um, and that'll be challenging, but it'll eventually get done. And then I'm, I'm intending to shoot more of them uh, in early September. Uh, and I need to start planning that. Nice. And that kind of stuff just requires, it requires a lot of brain power because, you know, you have to think you're the only brain working on it. You know, it's a small operation. The guy who does it with me helps too, but like, it's up to me to sort of like decide what we're going to do, where we're going to go, how we're going to do it, what the story's going to be. And while we're on these trips, it becomes exhausting to constantly be thinking of like, okay, what's the angle? How should we shoot this? When should we start shooting? Oh, we need to make sure we get that. Let's go back and get that without making it too inorganic. You know, you don't want to like stage stuff. So like this whole process made me realize that it would be nice to have just like one extra brain on deck. (laughs) One extra brain on deck because Zach, who's filming, has to focus on filming. He can't be thinking about, oh, is the sound rolling? Um, Is the, why don't we try this? Um, watching the footage at the end of the night to make sure we didn't fuck anything up because we're just so tired. So like that kind of stuff. That's my brain. That's where my brain power goes toward. I see. Gotcha. What about you? No, I mean, nothing nothing crazy. Um, you know, just I guess thinking a lot about the wedding and yeah. and the honeymoon and the gorillas. I, I do spend a lot of time thinking about oh, yeah. the gorillas. Dude, it's going to be crazy. Well, I just wonder if what, what they're thinking about. You know, what's on their mind? Is mm. it sort of just eat bamboo and you know walk around hang out is that it no but they like socialize and stuff and yeah they hang out the way that like it almost reminds me of like a barbecue they're just like chilling you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) they're chilling they're eating the kids are playing Uh you know like uh it's it it seems like they have a pretty chill pretty good life it seems cool to me pretty good life um that'll be quite the trick i can't wait to see them and i hope they like me I think they're gonna. I think they'll recognize that I'm one of them. You know. I don't know that they will, dude. What, I think they'll what? know in the same way that children very quickly recognize in me an ally. Really? Yeah, really. Yes, they certainly do. I speak to them on their terms. I'm one of them. Your classic sort of Francis technique may not work with the gorillas, though, which is sort of the like, "Hey, Nate Diaz." funny story this is how you break the ice uh-huh. and then you tell him sort of like a personal story about how somebody did so and so and then he reacts and then you forge a, the bond a bond for the night right by the way did you do that with nate diaz yeah i thought you knew given the way that you said it because that's exactly what happened <laughs> we were across the table nobody was really talking to each other and i said hey nate and he looked up and then everyone went quiet. <laughs> and I said, oh boy. Oh, this better be good. This better work out. <laughs> and I told him the story about the time I got beat up by the lobsterman yep, in Maine. Yep. And uh, he laughed. I knew this, by the way. Oh, you did? You, I told you this? You, you didn't tell me, though. <laughs> did Shane tell you that? <laughs> Somebody told me this. And... It's funny. Oh, it must have been Ian Finance. Ian Finance. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but he wasn't saying it. He wasn't throwing shade. No. He was just explaining the night, but he did explain that the stakes were immediately raised yeah. when you decided to do this. Yeah, I took him on. <laughs> and then he sort of paused before reacting very, very positively to the story. So everybody was kind of like drum roll waiting for whether or not he 
passed or rejected you yeah and you were embraced listen man (laughs) here's the thing right it's like what 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 do do i have to lose there if he doesn't like that i've told that story to him or you know tried to say something to him that isn't annoying to him it's not like i'm asking for a picture i'm not it is it's risky though it's risky in that context it might be if you're like being brought into a group setting by friends and if somehow that goes horribly wrong they now are like, okay, oh, this very famous person's going to be here. We can't invite Francis because he's going, he's a wild card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, uh, it's one of my best stories. I told it, I told it quickly. I told a short version of it. I knew I didn't have much time. I'm not doubting you. No, I know. But, but like, I, I did go into that moment knowing, uh, knowing the, knowing the stakes and knowing where the ropes were. Um, and I wanted to get in and out, couple funny jokes. That's my story. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And uh, and he seemed to like it. And I'll tell you what, man. He, you guys are boys after that. I, well, I, I, you know, it certainly felt like people were gravitating towards me a little bit for the rest of that evening. I you know, it. I love it. I, I connected with all of his buddies. I had a great time. Yeah, we know that. We all we all know that story. Sounded like fun time. But yeah, dude. Like, I wonder how you're gonna do it. We, uh, with the gorillas, you can't just be like, "Hey, Gilbert." I just pictured the gorilla having like alliteration. Gilbert, I know. Hey, Gilbert. So uh, it's funny. I uh, this one time, if I start making faces at them or trying to make the sounds that they make, they might think that you're trying to flex, and then they might rip you in half. You think they'll think I'm making fun of them? You're supposed to be really deferential to the alpha male to show that that's you're fine. Not a threat. That's fine. You know, I I stopped taking creatine, so I don't think. <laughs> He's going to think I'm trying. Speaking of pythons, by the way, did you see that they found the largest python on record in Florida? Yeah, I've been hearing about this, the, the invasive species in yeah. the Everglades. And it had like 120 eggs in it or something. So, dude, it's, it's so crazy that you're bringing this up. I heard about this for the first time like a few days ago. And since then, like five different people have brought this topic up to me. And I, yeah. think, I think it's one of those things that we've talked about. Like you hear about something for the first time and suddenly you're hearing all about it. Unless it's like a brand new story that it was in like the New York Times or something and everyone's talking about it. No, yeah. I, I think it went a little, it's it's a viral, you know, it's a story that captures people's attention. Yeah. Um, I don't really love the idea of a python so large, you know, that it's probably swallowing sheep. Like, or, your, or your car. Yeah, dude. Oh. It's, so, so apparently they said that the one hope that they have, because they've been trying to get rid of them and it's just nothing's working. But apparently, like the cougars and the Everglades have figured out that when the pythons leave the nest, they can eat their eggs. Oh, so that could be something good. Good for controlling the population. Good cougar. That's like the only hope. I've good heard. cougars. Yeah. Good cougar. <laughs> Ryan, do you have any facts for us? Something tells me that you do. We've got facts with Ryan, folks, where we learn why we're wrong and where we're wrong. Okay. And then some. So. Uh, to confirm, top grading college is an A, 93 to 96. The Middle Eastern long... Hold on a second. There's no 97 to 100? Not on the 4.0 scale. Okay. Um, the Middle Eastern long shirt that you were talking about is called a kurta. <laughs> cool. That's good. That's good to That's know. Good. Yeah. Taylor Gray plays the boy in 2012's Thunderstruck. <laughs> It's not Taylor Lombardo? No, there's I didn't see any Lombardo on the What the fuck? Did I make cast something else? Mm. I wonder if he changed his name. I wonder. Got a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> not good. 
Not good. As far as eating less during the summer, in the summertime, our appetite tends to be reduced, especially when we're feeling hot. One reason for this is that the body tries to regulate our body temperature by cutting down on heat-generating functions like the digestion of food. Wow, mm. that's very good. And then this new python that uh, you just mentioned <laughs> is, is 215 pounds. Oh, my God. The heaviest before that was found in 2016 at 140 pounds. Oh, oh my man. God. That's crazy. That's a huge that's a difference. big leap. And then lastly, <laughs> the blue book, uh, is manufactured by Roaring Spring Paper Products. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent, Ryan. Appreciate it, Ryan. That's excellent. Julio, do you have anything fun that you could tell the crowd about? I, I am in uh, Somerville, Massachusetts at the Crystal Ballroom. Mm, I've heard that place is great. Really? Yeah. It's great to, great to know. Um, July 24th. Uh, it's going to be a great show. Matt Pavich is going to be coming with me too. Um, and we're really excited. Tickets are on my website. Uh, would love to see you there. July 28th, I am at the Crocodile in Seattle. Awesome. Very good. I'll be at uh, the Arlington Draft House this weekend, Friday and Saturday, in the Washington, D.C. metro area. Can't wait for that. Love that club. Hope to see many of you there. And then I'm at St. Louis Helium with Lil Sass. Harry, Lil Sass from the Yak and Barstool Sports, all that. Uh, the following weekend, July 28th to the 30th. Tickets. Oh, and then uh, Red Bank, New Jersey, August 10th. Uh, tickets for all of that, FrancisEllis.com. Thank you, guys. That's Oops the Podcast. Enjoy your summer. <laughs>